This is AFF On Air, the Australian Frequent Flyer podcast, bringing you the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. G'day and welcome to episode 41 of AFF On Air. Today it's Saturday the 25th of July 2020 and I'm your host Matt Graham. Coming up in today's episode... Last week was the final call for the Qantas 747, which completed three joy flights around Sydney, Brisbane and Canberra before finally leaving for the United States last Wednesday. Later in the episode, you'll hear from some of the people that were on board the last ever Qantas 747 passenger flight out of Canberra last week. Also coming up, how to use Qantas frequent flyer points to fly around the world, once travel restrictions are lifted of course. That's later in the episode, but first, here's what's making news in the world of airlines and frequent flyer points this fortnight. And firstly, Velocity Frequent Flyer has reinstated the ability to redeem points for domestic Virgin Australia flights, effective from last Monday. Until this week, reward seat bookings were only being accepted for travel on Virgin flights after the 1st of September and only on 20 select domestic routes. The network of flights which, with available award seats has also now been expanded, and there are now 39 non-stop routes that you can redeem points to fly with. Velocity points can also now be redeemed once again for flight upgrades, hotel bookings, and from the 31st of July, also car rental bookings. And Platinum members can now finally use their upgrades as well once again. All other redemptions, unfortunately, remain off the table, though. Those include products from the Velocity Rewards Store, wine redemptions, partner airline flights, and also transfers to Chris Flyer, which, frankly, I doubt will be coming back. A final creditors meeting where the sale to Bain Capital will be voted on is now scheduled for the 26th of August. Qantas is giving silver, gold, platinum and platinum one frequent flyers 50% of the status credits needed to requalify in their next membership years. Qantas frequent flyers with a membership year ending between March and June have already received the status credit boost, and members with a year ending between July and February next year will receive their boost in the first month of their next membership year. After extending the existing status of frequent flyers for another year, the status credit boost gives Qantas customers a head start in renewing again for the following year. Qantas says that the one-off status boosts are to compensate for the current reduced flying activity. Qantas is also giving monthly status credit support to some frequent flyers with a membership year ending between March and September. The monthly status credit supplements are designed to assist frequent flyers that have been most affected by the recent travel restrictions that have been in place in Australia since March. These support payments will be issued on a monthly basis with payments from April through to June backdated and they should have already been issued last week. This particular supplement has been dubbed Status Keeper on the Australian Frequent Flyer Forum for obvious reasons. For the next year, our loyalty bonus status credits will also count towards Platinum 1 status, but Frequent Flyers will still need to fly at least four Qantas or Jetstar marketed flights in order to renew their status next year. And that's something that could be quite hard for flyers based outside of Australia given the borders are closed and Qantas is not currently operating any international flights. The international uh, long-haul flights have already been cancelled until at least the end of March 2021, and Qantas this week also cancelled its Trans-Tasman schedule for another several months. You can read all the details about these support measures in the AFF article. It's called Qantas Gift Status Credits to Frequent Flyers, which I've linked in the episode notes. 
Sadly though, Qantas is not doing anything for frequent flyers that were close to upgrading to a higher status tier uh, back when the pandemic started and would have got over the line if not for travel restrictions and flight cancellations over the last few months. So while Qantas has been generous to most of its frequent flyers, uh, particularly those that already had status, there is a small subset of very disappointed Qantas frequent flyer members who would have upgraded and dedicated quite a lot of spend to Qantas over the last year and feel they've been let down. Meanwhile, Qantas has launched more temporary ways to earn status credits on the ground, which is good news. The latest offer is status credits for booking selected luxury hotel deals around Australia and New Zealand. This promotion covers 40 luxury hotels for stays up to the 31st of March next year, and you need to book by the 31st of August this year. The number of Qantas status credits earned varies by hotel, but in general you will earn around 10 to 15 status credits over a two or three night stay, and then five to 10 more status credits for each additional night. With this promotion, it's possible to earn up to 100 status credits per hotel booking and up to 125 status credits in total. It's now four months since the Australian government closed the international border to non-Australian citizens and permanent residents, and also banned Australians from leaving without special permission. Ever since March, flight cancellations and border restrictions, not just those in Australia, mind you, have made it progressively more difficult for those overseas that have been trying to return home. Unfortunately, it seems that we're now approaching the most difficult time in Australia's modern history to be able to return to Australia, much to the annoyance of those Australians that have already been trying for months unsuccessfully to return. Multiple issues are now combining to make life extremely difficult for those overseas Australians. The first is the recently introduced caps on overseas arrivals, which now apply at most Australian airports. Currently, Sydney and Brisbane are only accepting a maximum of 30 passengers on each inbound international flight. And of course, Melbourne for the time being is not accepting any international passengers arriving. This policy is designed to reduce pressure on Australia's hotel quarantine system, but it's making it ridiculously uneconomical for airlines to continue flying here on a commercial basis. Qatar Airways, for example, has 317 seats on its Airbus A350s, which it uses for its Australia flights. It's now only allowed to sell 30 of those seats, less than 10%. And I mean, these flights from Doha to Australia, they're 13 hours long. The result is ridiculously high airfares now as airlines are left with little choice but to extract the maximum possible revenue from every single one of those 30 seats it's allowed to fill. Qatar Airways has now temporarily stopped selling economy tickets in fact to Australia entirely and one-way business class seats on Qatar Airways back to Australia are now costing between ten dollars and $13,000 per passenger one way. And even if Australians can find a flight home, they'll now need to pay up to $3,000 each for their 14 days of mandatory hotel quarantine on arrival. So while Australia cannot technically refuse entry to a citizen or a permanent resident, it seems the government is now doing just about everything it can to make it difficult for people that are trying to return home. Meanwhile, Finland has reintroduced a ban on visitors arriving from Australia due to the recent outbreak in Victoria. Finland uses a consistent metric in deciding which countries to allow uh, people to enter from based on the number of new COVID-19 infections over the past 14 days. Now, countries that reported more than eight new infections per 100,000 people in the past fortnight are added to this list of banned countries, which is constantly reviewed and updated based on the latest data. Uh, it's pretty much a moot point, of course, for Australians, though, since we're not allowed to leave Australia. For what it's worth, Australia is one of the only countries that's still banning its own citizens and permanent residents, even dual citizens, from leaving. 
Some other countries did do this earlier in the pandemic, but they have since lifted these restrictions. So the Australian government's current position, it's not normal. And some are now calling on the Australian government to lift the ban on the condition that anyone leaving now is prepared to pay for their own quarantine if they do decide to return during the pandemic. With oil prices at record lows, numerous airlines have reduced or eliminated fuel surcharges in recent months, which is great news. Finnair and Emirates have reduced their carrier charges on some flights, while ANA, Japan Airlines and Cathay Pacific are among the list of airlines that have now scrapped the controversial fees entirely. But some airlines still have stubbornly excessive fuel or carrier surcharges. British Airways and Swiss Air, just to give two examples, still impose a carrier charge of $939 on one-way transatlantic flights in business class. And that's on top of any points you're paying or any genuine taxes paying when redeeming points for an award ticket on those airlines. Royal Jordanian, Qatar Airways and KLM are also Qantas frequent flyer partners with exorbitant carrier charges. In fact, many KLM reward flights when booking with Qantas points will cost you more in carrier charges than you might pay just to purchase a regular ticket. Meanwhile, American Airlines has actually increased its carrier charges recently. With fuel prices now at record lows and planes flying empty, there's no justification for these obscene fuel surcharges any, any longer, and I think we need to call this out. The Woolworths Rewards Loyalty Program will be rolled out in Tasmania from the 6th of August, replacing the current frequent shopper club in the island state. This means that Tasmanian residents will finally be able to earn Qantas points when shopping at Woolies or Big W. But not everyone in Tasmania is happy about the change. Under the current frequent shopper club scheme in Tasmania, Woolworths customers earn one point per $1 spent, just the same as with the Woolworths Rewards Program. But members can then redeem 1,000 points for $10 off their shopping. With the Woolworths Rewards Program, members need to accumulate 2,000 points to get that same $10 discount. Qantas Frequent Flyer has launched a short-term partnership with Afterpay, a buy now, pay later service. New Afterpay customers can earn 500 Qantas points for signing up and linking their account, and one point per dollar spent through Afterpay for the first $4,500 spent. However, there are no ongoing earning opportunities. Existing Afterpay customers can also earn Qantas points, but first they'll need to link their account and then spend $1,000 before any, any points are actually start to be earned. After spending that grand, existing Afterpay customers can then earn one Qantas point per dollar for the first $5,000 spent. And that particular offer for existing customers is only available to the first 50,000 to link their Qantas accounts. China Airlines, which is based in Taipei, will change its name. The current name China Airlines is very similar, of course, to Air China, which is based in mainland China. Uh, and many people don't realize uh, as a result of the name that China Airlines is actually an airline from Taiwan. The Taiwanese parliament voted to make the change on Wednesday, but a new name has not yet been revealed. Alaska Airlines is now set to join the One World Alliance later this year, earlier than previously planned. When it does join the One World Alliance, it is also expected that One World will roll out alliance-wide upgrades, something Australian Frequent Flyer reported back in November last year was under consideration. And sticking to America for a moment, American Airlines has announced a new partnership with JetBlue. The partnership will bring about new frequent flyer benefits for American Airlines Advantage members when traveling with JetBlue, which is a hybrid airline offering a low-cost product in coach class, but also has a very popular premium cabin on longer flights, which is called Mint, and it comes with a lifelight bed. 
JetBlue is known for its customer service and is the USA's sixth largest airline. Finally, and this I found this really interesting, Australia is planning to build the first paved airport in Antarctica. Davis Aerodrome, which will be near the Australian Davis Station in Antarctica, will be open year-round and feature a 2,700-metre-long runway which is capable of handing Boeing 787 Dreamliners and Airbus A330s. An ice-free site has now been chosen and planning is underway with a request for tender released. The project is still subject to environmental approvals. Currently, Wilkham's Aerodrome near Casey Station is the only Australian airfield in Antarctica. It is capable of handling specially configured military aircraft and passengers are transported there on special Airbus A319LR charter flights. The trip currently from Hobart to Wilkins Airport takes around 4.5 hours in each direction and the aircraft with only 38 seats is capable of operating a return flight from Hobart without refilling, although it is uh, quite close to the limit of that range. The problem with the current airport, which is located on an ice field, is that it's subject to the extreme weather conditions and only operational between October and March each year. It also needs to close for around six weeks and potentially it will be even longer in future due to global warming during the middle of summer because the warmer temperatures above minus five degrees make it too dangerous for planes to land on the ice strip. It's hoped that the new airport will also be able to be used as a possible diversion point for commercial flights, such as those flying the southern polar routes between Australia and South Africa or between Australia and South America. But before you get too excited, the project will take some time to be completed and is a very complex project. All of the materials needed to build the cement runway, taxiways and apron will need to be transported to Antarctica by ship. In total, 11,500 cement elements weighing 10 tonnes each will be prefabricated in Australia where they can be built where it's above zero degrees and then sent by ship to the airfield site for assembly. The project will also involve the construction of buildings, lighting, firefighting facilities and other services necessary for a fully functioning Urad airport which is in the middle of nowhere. Davis Airport is expected to open in 2040. That's what's making news this fortnight. For more regular news, updates and deals, subscribe to the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette or follow us on Facebook and you'll find all the details at australianfrequentflyer.com.au. On Friday the 17th of July 2020, Qantas operated its last ever Boeing 747 passenger flight, marking the end of an era for an airline which was once an all-747 airline. The Boeing 747 has traditionally been used on long-haul international routes, but with that sadly not possible at the moment due to coronavirus, the last ever flight was a one-hour joy flight from Canberra to the Snowy Mountains and back. Given the circumstances, and of course we are in the middle of a pandemic, I think Qantas has done a very good job to give the 747 a send-off that it deserves. Most of the crowd at Canberra Airport last Friday agreed, as I'm sure did those at Sydney Airport on the Monday and Brisbane on Wednesday last week when the flights took place there. I was one of the many hundreds of people that turned up to Canberra last Friday to see the final flight, and before the flight I caught up briefly with the Australian Frequent Flyer member AJD, who told me what the 747 means to him. The 747 for me, uh, it's the plane that uh, took me and my family um, back to Malaysia uh, every few years, um, you know, back when I was a kid. So, yeah, I associate the 747 with the uh, big family holiday and uh, going back to see my grandma. So why did you want to come on this flight today? Because why the hell not? 
<laughs> Very good reason. Of course, not everyone at Canberra Airport last Friday was on the flight. Many aviation enthusiasts turned up just to see the Queen of the Skies for one last time. Michelle was one of those plane spotters. So you've come to Canberra Airport, Michelle, to watch the last 747 flight. Where did you come from today? I drove down from North Sydney today. Oh, wow. So why did you make the trip? Uh, I thought it was pretty special. It was meant to be the perfect Canberra day. I thought I might just watch it take off from Sydney, but I woke up early and felt great. So I thought, no, let's just come to Canberra. And so what does the 747 mean to you? 747 means a lot to me because my husband had his career on the 747 and I was fortunate enough to have a number of trips on it over the duration of that time. So to be able to, to just see it you being used still is very, very special. So it's everyone's really happy and it's very vibrant and a wonderful time to be here, but of course it's very sad as well. So what, what did your husband do? He was a captain on the 747. Oh, wow. Is he still working or is... I know he's retired now. Okay. Did you try to buy a seat on the flight today? I did, but not as soon as it opened. And by the time oh. I managed to get on, it was um, sold out. Oh. Well, enjoy the day. Thank you very much. The AFF member Kookaburra75, whose real name is John, was also there. And John, what does the 747 mean to you? It was one of the first sort of long distance ones we did. You know, sort of, I remember coming back from Singapore to Darwin and you know, landing at 2am in Darwin, in it, but it was so big and special at that point in time. And it just, you'd watch it taking off, wondering how the heck it actually could do it. It just seemed too big and heavy. Of course, now it's dwarfed by some of the other things. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's certainly, it's a brilliant aircraft. Do you remember your very first 747 flight? Yeah, as I said, a couple of friends, we'd gone on a, a loop from um, Darwin up to... Hong Kong and through Singapore and back and the last leg was the Singapore-Darwin one was on the Qantas um, 747 and it was certainly something new for us but these were the days too of smoking seating and everything so it was a long while ago but it was just the space in it the room and the headroom and everything particularly someone as tall as me and same height as you. After the flight I also caught up with the AFF member Bindi Byers whose real name is Belinda. Here's the interview. I'm at Canberra Airport joined by the AFF member Bindi Byers or Belinda who's just come off the last ever Qantas 747 passenger flight. Firstly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Matt. How was the flight? Lovely, beautiful day for it. I was a bit concerned about the weather but absolutely clear blue skies. Mind you, we did a lot of left and right turns <laughs> that was to get everyone get a great view. So, um, But great experience, one of those things you only ever do once and tick the bucket. Wonderful. Yeah. So where did the flight take you? Basically headed, well, south was my best bearing, um, down to the Snowy Mountains. Um, I believe where Snowy 2.2 is under construction. There was a lot of dam work that I saw. Um, completely right round Mount Kosciuszko. Back then they told us we were tracking back over Canberra and back over Mikalego to come back into Canberra and then we did a run basically straight up the lake and back as a lot of people would have seen from the ground and for a big circle around the airport and back down again so no coast this time it was inland for the mountains. Very nice and what was the atmosphere like on board? Surprisingly cheery, it was, I had a few tears, a few other people did as well, Um, even the 
lady that was doing this speech at the end, um, she had to stop a couple of times because she was getting a bit choked up, sort of saying how many people were retiring. This was their last flight. Crews that had been, um, you know, with Qantas for most of them in the 47 years, and I think they said their combined um, years was over 500 years of flying with the experience that was on that plane today. So the only thing I did did notice is social distancing was not overly adhered to and very few people had masks on but that's yeah I think it was very much a bit more party mode they weren't quite as strict they asked and it was up to us to do it okay Uh, so how far have you come to take this flight today well Monday would have been better for me for Sydney because I'm based in the Hunter Valley Um, but through work etc that was just not optimal for me and I just thought no if I drive down Thursday night and I figured out of Canberra I'd have a better chance in that lottery of getting a ticket and that's what I based it on was a case of smaller airport less people um, and I'd t- run my risk with that and it just went straight through it's times where things are where it just flows through you know it's right and then 12 o'clock hit that button I just went click 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 pay thank you very much oh I better book a seat back in manage my booking pick a seat and that's how easy it was I know a lot of people were having hassles finding it but for me it just went click 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 Um, I'll stay in Canberra again tonight and drive back to the Hunter Valley tomorrow. Yeah, I know a lot of people did try to get tickets and they sold out within 10 or 15 minutes um, at most. Um, Mm. So, yeah, you you must have been just at the right place at the right time. I was concerned about how fast my internet is at work. Yeah. I did take the phone (laughs) off the hook at work. (laughs) (laughs) I did have two screens going. Um, But as I said, it was literally, it turned over, there it was, click here. And done. And done. In literally two minutes it was done. So which seat did you pick? Uh, 50k, probably should have picked further down the back because I was just over the back of the wing. Um, but when I looked at the seats, there was a whole lot in front of me was blocked off. So I just kind of went, oh, well, it's kind of the closer to the front that I'll get. Um, didn't really think about it more than I should have, maybe. At least, at least it was a window seat. I it was a, a window seat, A lot of people stuck yes. in the middle in the aisle seats and things. That's the only thing I have heard in past flights where it's been a joy flight where people have been more moving around and letting people sit in their seat and, you know, see out the window. I saw very little of that. Oh, I really? think because of COVID, people weren't sharing seats, shall we say. Um, a few people obviously went up to the exit routes to use the windows there. Um, but very... Very little people that had a window seat left their window seat, and like no one asked me, I would have moved if someone asked. But um, I think COVID kind of was a cap on people moving around too much seat wise. Yeah, it is a little bit of a shame that the last flight is under such circumstances with the pandemic going on. Although it's it is good that they put on the joy flights because if they hadn't have put on these three joy flights that they've put on this week, the last passenger flight would have been a flight coming back from Santiago to Sydney in late March. Um, with basically people fleeing South America and going into hotel quarantine. So at least there was somewhat of a celebration today. Well, they wouldn't have known even probably that that was going to be the last flight. That's true, yes. So it would have happened and it was like, oh, hey, that was the last flight. So, And I did hear a comment on the plane that, you know, they probably could have sold this, you know, over and over and done out of regional airports. Mm. But then does that take the gloss off it? Yeah. By, by keeping it so select, it's, it's, it's a 50-50. You know, it was a lottery to get it got it great if they flew out of orange and out of newcastle and does it take that glory that gloss off it it's a it's someone's made the call and they've made the call yeah no that's right um what other um special uh, things have Qantas put on so obviously the the flight happened um during the middle of the day was there anything special before and afterwards 
Well, I came down because um, I've got Qantas Club to go to the lounge, but only people in business class, and there were so many, said, film crew. So the guy came down and apologised, said, sorry, you can't come into the lounge unless you've got a business class ticket. Because of the social distancing, there's so much film crew up there. So I was like, OK, fair enough. Um, back down here, they had on some food, nipples, um, like a chicken chicken burger and uh, salads and things like that that people had before we departed. Um, There's obviously a little snack bag on the plane and then just as we're coming off they had a whole heap of muffins and cakes and um, chocolates and bits and pieces that they were I think sort of obviously trying to get rid of towards the end. Um, so I suppose a bit of food. Um, there was They had a big board that you put your face in to take a photo uh, oh, yeah. with Farewell Queen of the Skies so a few people taking uh, their photo with that. There was a couple of crew members that were singing. They did a, like a duet at one stage. Though it was quite noisy in here. So a lot of the stuff, you know, we didn't get to hear because of the noise um, with people talking. But it was, it, was, it was a good level of making us happy. Yeah. Like, yeah, of what they've done for us. Yeah. Did you get a goodie bag as well? They gave out various bits and pieces. Um, obviously, most people snavelled the, uh, the safety card. Um, <laughs> they were giving out some old ones. They came around with a certificate and a coaster. There's obviously a hat in the bag. There's a flag. That's probably about it. Obviously, I think the business class got the, the better deal, obviously, with the bag, etc. Yeah, I think I've seen a lot of business class passengers with those retro roo souvenir bags. And, and I've heard also that business class passengers were able to visit the cockpit and get a tour of the plane after the flight as well. And I do believe a couple of others that had patience to wait around um, did get that as well. Oh, right. um, we weren't allowed to get as close to the plane as they were in Sydney because we were actually out on the tarmac, mm. not in the hangar. And um, so basically we had to keep a little bit of distance from the plane. Um, but few got shots sort of standing in front of the engines. Um, but again, you've got to think of where we are and what they can and can't provide. You know, I can't see a hangar here where we could have you know, unloaded from. Well, there's one over the other side of the runway that we're looking at now, but that's the where they, all mm. the VIP government jets depart from, so I don't think that they could um, let you disembark there. Have you? <laughs> no, cert- <laughs> I certainly have not. <laughs> yeah, so you've, you've uh, driven down quite a long way from the Hunter Valley to be here. Why was it so important to you to um, be on the last 747 flight? What does, it, what does it mean to you? For me, life is experiences. To be able to do things, I've bungee jumped... A few other crazy things, but for me, it's a case of it it was a lottery, and I was happy to throw my hat in the ring to say, "Well, hey, can I get a ticket in this lottery?" And and again, it's just one of those life. You don't think it's going to be a bucket list until it pops up. You know, if you'd asked me three months ago, I wouldn't have known anything about it. Um, But when it comes up, it's like, "Well, hey, I'm in a position. I can do this. I can buy a ticket. Um, Let's go, go for it." And again, um, my husband would have loved to have been here but he's, he's at work up the north coast. So really just a bucket thing that was a spur of the moment bucket thing. Yeah. So this is obviously your last uh, 747 flight on a Qantas aircraft. Do you remember your first? My first was when I was uh, the usual teenager. I think I was about 18, 19, and the proverbial trip to the UK, because I remember my airfare cost me $1,800 oh. <laughs> Um, Sydney, the Bahrain route. Oh, through Singapore and Bahrain. Through Singapore and Bahrain. Then I went to um, Athens and from Athens back to somewhere and then back to Sydney. So that was back in a long time ago. Let's just go a long time ago, okay? (laughs) 
Well, yeah, it's wonderful that you and all these other people at Canberra Airport today were able to have this experience. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks for telling me about it on the podcast. Thank you very much, Matt. As you can see, it was certainly a memorable experience for the lucky few that were able to get tickets on those joy flights. While I was at Canberra Airport last week, I also briefly met Dennis Bunnick. You may know him from his YouTube channel, Dennis Bunnick Travels, and if you're not familiar with his flight review videos, I can highly recommend checking them out on YouTube. He manages to review a very wide range of different airline products, mostly business class, but there's also some economy and first class as well. And he does it not only with a great attention to detail, but a great sense of humour as well. Dennis was also on the Canberra Joy flight and he told me that his video review will be up very soon. And in case you're wondering, Dennis was just as kind and humble in real life as he does appear in his videos. Paul Stewart is another aviation YouTuber who was on the flight, and Paul has already posted an excellent video review of his experience. I'll post a link to Paul's video in, on YouTube in the episode notes. Now, last Wednesday, the 747, which is named Wanala after its original indigenous livery, departed Australia for good. But it didn't quite fly directly to Los Angeles. After doing a low flyover of Sydney Harbour for one last time, it then headed down to Haas at Shell Harbour Airport, where it tipped its wing in honour of VHOJA, the, la- the, f- the first ever Qantas 747-400, which is now permanently retired at Haas. The pilots also had one more surprise up their sleeves, flying a flight path in the shape of a kangaroo over the Pacific Ocean. Now, you might recall Belinda mentioning during the interview that the final speech by the customer service manager on that last ever flight into Canberra was rather emotional. I have received a copy of the speech, and I think it's really interesting on two counts. Firstly, the lines about social distancing and the disposal of face masks really place a timestamp on the event. This last ever Corner 747 passenger flight unmistakably took place during a pandemic. And then towards the end of the speech, the customer service manager, Marie Madeline, also talks about the sheer depth of experience in the operating crew, many of whom would be retiring after that very flight. So I think it's worth taking a few minutes now to read out Marie Madeline's speech in full. So with a tear in her eye, this is what the customer service manager, Marie, said. For those of you who are frequent flyers, I'm sure you've heard those announcements that are made after landing many, many times, but this one's quite different. Welcome back to our nation's capital, the beautiful city of Canberra. The time right now is 1.33 on Friday afternoon, the 17th of July 2020. As the seatbelt sign is still on, please remain seated until the seatbelt sign has been switched off. If you can reach your mobile phone, you can now turn off flight mode. Just a reminder, carry-on baggage may have moved in the overhead lockers and could fall out, so please take care. Don't forget to check the seat and seat pockets for any personal items. Thank you for supporting Flywell initiatives on our flight today. Remember to take any masks or wipes, whether used or unused, off the aircraft and place within the general waste bins within the terminal. And once the seatbelt sign is off, please remain seated once again until the customers in front or behind you have commenced disembarking. Please also maintain an appropriate distance between yourself and other customers while the disembarking is going on today into the terminal and across the tarmac. Those passengers travelling in business will be exiting through the Ford door on the left-hand side. Premium economy and economy people, would you please exit through the rear stairs on the left-hand side also. For safety reasons, use the handrail and designated walkways. If you're not feeling comfortable about using the stairs, please let one of the crew know. Now as we say farewell to you and Winala, our kangaroo, we know you're on board today because of your close association to the Boeing 747 fleet 
part of Qantas's history. Circumstances beyond our control have them leaving our family earlier than anticipated. You may have heard many times over the capabilities and memories the Queen of the Skies has attended over almost 50 years with Qantas. Some of you have travelled on the 200 series with our Captain Cook Lounge, being served caviar and lobster in the sky. Our many versions consisted of SP, Combi, EUD and 744, including this ER, where we ensure the configuration across the Kangaroo and Pacific Fleet transitioned beautifully. She has engaged in rescue missions from Darwin to Thessaloniki, and more recently Wuhan. Our 747s carried Olympic athletes, soccer teams, rugby teams to amazing events, with specifically Wanala in Olympic livery and sporting the boxing kangaroo. We as crew are beyond proud to have operated on the Boeing 47 to a variety of destinations, but now is also the time that many of our crew will retire with her. Our captains, Martin Buttery, long flying career of 46 years, 33 of those being on Qantas. Captain Dan Taylor will also retire with 33 Qantas years. Customer service supervisor Lindsay Holder will say farewell with 46 years. There are so many years amongst the operating crew today that we have elected to wait out the time to be able to return to the international flying sector. Collectively, we have 562 years of flying experience between us. I will take my 46 years into retirement as well and wait for the opportunity to take to the skies again when the Boeing 787s, Airbuses, along with our new generation aircraft return. Our 100-year celebrations for the Flying Kangaroo have been sadly overshadowed with the current world events, but not to deny the satisfaction and pride we feel in the brand and all that beholds you into us. I say thank you to Alan Joyce, Tino Lespina, John Kissing, who is on board with us today, and all the teams who have worked so terribly hard to enable this exceptional experience to be shared by you. For your loyalty and joining on this special day, I thank you. 747, for the memories, let us salute you. Did you know that you can get more from your Australian Frequent Flyer membership by upgrading to Silver or Gold membership? For just $50 a year, Silver members see no advertisements on the vast majority of community forum pages. And for only $75 a year, in addition, Gold members can receive discounted travel goods and services valued at over $400 a year, including discounts on Qantas Club, NordVPN, Expert Flyer, and more. Most importantly, by upgrading your Australian Frequent Flyer membership, though, you'll be supporting the website and this podcast. For more information, visit australianfrequentflyer.com.au forward slash upgrade. Well, during the last fortnight, I received a question from a listener on the AFF1A discussion thread StuzyPad uh, is the AFF username. Hi, hi, Stu. And the question is, hi, Matt. Love the podcast and keep up the, f- the good work. Well, firstly, thanks so much for that. I'm new to collecting Qantas points, but would like to someday redeem them for a round-the-world trip or maybe a European holiday. Could you do a segment along the lines of, so I have half a million Qantas points, now what? I should also say that due to the flight restrictions due to COVID at the moment, I have basically no status credits at all. How does this factor into planning and preparing for a round-the-world redemption? Stu also says, P.S., please give a shout-out to Scotty, who introduced me to the world of Qantas Points and is an avid listener to the podcast. 
Well, hi, Scotty. Thanks a lot for listening and for spreading the word about the podcast. I appreciate it. Now, firstly, uh, obviously, you won't be able to travel right now. Um, of course, you know that. But it is good that you're saving up your points. And um, yeah, hopefully, once the travel restrictions are lifted, you will be able to use your Qantas points to do that trip around the world or, or to Europe. Um, and hopefully this will be sooner rather than later. There are, um, over the last few weeks, we've seen some of the results of the early vaccine trials and some of those have been quite promising. So there are predictions now that at least one vaccine will be available by the start of next year. So of course we don't know yet, but fingers crossed. And once there is a, a vaccine that's widely available, I imagine that travel will open up again pretty quickly. So regarding your Qantas points, well, if you have half a million Qantas points and you'd like to travel around the world, you're in luck. There is something that's just uh, perfect for you. So you, there is a thing called the One World Classic Flight Reward, or sometimes known as the One World Award. Now, of course, I, I wouldn't be booking anything just now. It's just too uncertain uh, with all of the res you know, travel restrictions and with the cancellations. Of course, there are many international flights that are currently scheduled to operate later in the year or early next year in and out of Australia. But I suspect most of those will probably be cancelled at some point in the future. Uh, I know Qantas has already cancelled their schedules until the end of March next year. But other airlines, they haven't cancelled just yet, but they will, uh, I'm quite sure. Once the travel restrictions are lifted, though, you should be good to go. And uh, I did speak in quite some detail about the One World Award in episode 15 of this podcast. Um, so I would encourage you to go back and have a listen to that. Now, a few things have changed since uh, we recorded that episode last year. For example, the price. Um, but most of the information is still quite relevant. So... At the moment, the, uh, the, now the prices did change towards the end of last year, but at the moment you'd need 132,400 Qantas points in economy class to book a One World Award uh, for a round-the-world trip. In premium economy, it's 249,600 Qantas points. Business class is 318,000 points. And first class is 455,000 Qantas points. Now, on top of that, you'll need to pay any taxes, fees, and carrier charges which apply. Um, the taxes you can't really avoid, although the carrier charges can vary quite a lot by... Um, by which airline you're flying with. So if possible, it's always good to try to choose airlines with lower carrier charges, such as Cathay Pacific, Japan Airlines, or Finnair, for example. Um, now, with half a million Qantas points, you would actually have enough points to book this in first class. That's 455,000 Qantas points for one passenger. But I've found from experience that booking in first class is not always such a good deal. And the reason for that simply is that first class is not available on most flights. Um, so you'd really have to build your trip around what airlines are offering first class and on what routes is it available rather than, you know, going to the places you want. Um, most of or about half of the One World Airlines don't have a first class cabin at all, um, you know, that maxes out of business class. And of, yeah, of those that do, the first class is generally only available on very specific aircraft and routes. So with Qantas, for example, first class is only available on the A380. And those A380s, as it happens right now, are all being parked in long term storage. And they might not come back for a few years. Um, so... Yeah, and it's the similar thing with other airlines. I think Qatar Airways, they only again, they only have first class on the A380s and they've just um, removed all A380s from their schedule indefinitely. Um, so, yeah, um, you might be able to get first class for one or two sectors, but you have to pay for the first class rate for the entire trip, even if most of the flights are actually in business class. So probably not worth it. 
Um, but business class at 318,000 Qantas points is a good deal. If there's two of you, you need to save off a few more um, in the meantime to get to the uh, 636,000 points you'd, you'd need for two tickets. But you could do that quite easily with one or two credit card offers, I suppose. Um, now, if there are two of you, you do right now have enough already for two premium economy tickets. Now, again, you have a similar issue here with um, as with first class. So that being that not all airlines actually have a premium economy cabin. It's generally only available on the long haul routes. Um, but more and more airlines are starting to bring in premium economy. Um, a bit over half of the One World Airlines, I believe, have it now. Um, and in fact, I noticed the other day, you can now redeem Qantas points to fly premium economy on American Airlines, which is a relatively new thing. American Airlines only recently installed premium economy on its uh, long haul aircraft. And until, yeah, until very recently, it wasn't actually possible to book those with Qantas points. But that is now available online, in fact. And in fact, when I was looking the other day, I did even see American Airlines premium economy award availability from Sydney to Los Angeles. So that, that's quite promising. Uh, now, with the One World Award, it can be used to fly around the world, and it often is, but you don't actually have to fly around the world. That's a common misconception. The main rules are that you're allowed up to five stopovers, and you can travel up to 35,000 miles in total. You are allowed a total of 16 flight segments. That's just the limit um, you can have on any, on any ticket, um, including surface sectors. But um, yeah, basically, within those restrictions, you can do pretty much whatever you like. You have to fly uh, on at least two One World Airlines other than Qantas. You may fly on Qantas, of course, but you don't have to. Uh, and you can only fly on One World Airlines. So Emirates flights, for example, Emirates is not in One World. You can't use them. Now you do get, in addition to the five stopovers, up to two surface segments. So a surface segment would be, for example, if you wanted to fly into Europe uh, via Paris and then you travel overland and then leave Europe from Madrid. Um, that surface sector from Paris to Madrid counts as only one stopover, even though you're technically visiting two cities there. Um, there are various other rules. For example, you can only have up to one stopover and in addition to that, up to two transits per airport. A transit, um, remember, is under 24 hours. And there are a few other intricacies that you notice after you've been doing this for a long time, but those are really the main things. Once you've decided on a rough itinerary, the hard part is generally finding the award availability, uh, particularly if you wanted to go in a premium cabin. Um, it's generally possible to find something if you're flexible enough, though, and you might you might not get exactly the airlines or the routing that you wanted, um, but you generally will be able to find something. Now, if you have Qantas status, you mentioned that you don't have any status stew. That does make it a little bit more difficult, but not certainly not impossible. So with Qantas status, that gives you um, access to premium cabin award seats on long-haul international Qantas flights earlier. That's really the main uh, benefit. So when Qantas releases um, their, their award seats, they do this 353 days in advance at 10 a.m. to be quite exact. Uh, that's Brisbane or Sydney time. Um, but at the 353-day mark on for premium economy, business class and first class seats on long-haul flights, they're only available to gold, platinum and platinum one frequent flyers. Um, any remaining seats that are still there at the 323-day mark get released to silver frequent flyers and then everything opens up to bronze frequent flyers of what's remaining at 297 days out. 
Now, normally this makes it quite difficult because most people are trying to book a year in advance for their holidays. At the moment, though, uh, I mean, the rules book is really, I think I said this in a previous episode, the rule book with award availability has just been completely thrown out the window um, due to COVID-19. No one's booking holidays a year out. I'm not even booking a travel a month out, to be quite honest, at the moment, even just domestically. So I, that, that may not be such a problem in the in the medium term. Uh, the other benefit of Qantas status, and this only applies if you have Platinum or Platinum 1 status, is if you have those two levels, you can actually call up Qantas to request that um, they release more award seats. So if you're looking for a business class seat and there's none available on any of the flights um, when you want to travel, you can actually call up and ask them whether they will release an extra seat for you. And sometimes they will, um, depending on what what their revenue management tells them. Um, but mind you, these, so, I mean, that's obviously an advantage then having status, but these benefits are only available for Qantas operated flights. If you're using partner airlines, having Qantas status makes no difference to the availability. So, and, and of course, with a One World Award, most of the flights are generally on partner airlines. So it's still very achievable to book one of these trips, even if you only have bronze status. Uh, and I suspect, yeah, that when uh, when things start to open back up next year, or hopefully next year, um, award availability will initially be very good. I mean, airlines are going to have a lot of empty seats to fill. Now, to book one of these One World Multi-Carrier Awards, um, you would need to use, if you're doing it on the Qantas website, use the multi-city booking tool. And you need to be a little bit smart about how you um, input the flights into that. But I'll, I'll link an article in the episode notes with a detailed guide on how to book a Qantas One World Award online. Um, otherwise, if you can't book online, you can call Qantas. But the uh, what some people do is they go to the Qantas website and click on the Round the World booking option. Uh, that's um, that's for you booking a One World Explorer paid fare. That's not to book a One World award, and a lot of people get quite confused by that. So you don't actually um, use the Round the World booking tool to book this. Um, and yeah, you might have noticed when I was going through the rules, there is no rule that actually says you have to fly around the world. You could just fly to Europe and back, or you could fly to Europe and then come back, stop over in Asia, then continue to America and then come back to Australia, or all, all kinds of things. Um, and in fact, I spoke um, in a previous episode with Leon Loganathan, which was my guest um, on the Air Chathams episode, about um, just doing doing something quite similar to that and really getting the most um, possible value out of one of these awards. Now, when it does come time to booking, if you would like help with working out an itinerary and finding award availability, our sister website, Frequent Flyer Solutions, does offer a service called Award Flight Assist. It's unfortunately not currently being offered just because the international borders are closed and um, there's just too uncertain, too much uncertainty now with booking international travel. But that service will be back up and running as soon as it's possible to travel overseas again. Now, one final thing to keep in mind is that generally you don't earn any status credits, uh, which obviously count towards your quanta status when um, you're flying on points. Uh, but there is an exception. If you have Qantas Points Club or Points Club Plus membership, you do earn some status credits on classic flight rewards that are operated by Qantas. So um, in your One World Classic Flight Reward, if you include a few Qantas flights in there, you will get some status credits for those, which um, which could help you to earn status um, in the future, which might be helpful when you're booking another f- a trip down the track. Um, and of course, status with... Um, with Qantas does come with lots of benefits when you're flying with Qantas and other One World Airlines, which is always nice. But yeah, if you're booking less than nine months out or so, status, as I said before, makes no difference anyway. 
So I hope that helps you. Just before I go for this episode, I wanted to give a quick shout out also to Mbisk who left a very kind review on Apple Podcast recently. So this person said that the first episode they listened to was episode 39, which would have been the one uh, where we talked about noise cancelling headphones and how to get a US credit card. And Mbisk said that the podcast was interesting, well presented and easy to listen to. Thank you so much for the review. I do love reading them. Um, And if you enjoy this podcast, I'd appreciate also if you would take just a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. And don't don't forget, of course, to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Well, that's just about all for this episode. Thanks again to my guests and thank you for listening. For more information about anything discussed in today's episode of AFF On Air, check out the episode notes. You'll find lots of links there and also a link to the AFF On Air discussion thread where you're welcome to discuss this episode or ask me a question. I'm Matt Graham and I'll be back next fortnight with more news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. And until then, stay safe.